I do have something on my heart. Second Peter chapter one tonight. I always want to prefer my brothers over me and I want to give them an opportunity to do what the Lord have them to do and called them to do and They can't do what I can do. I can't do what they can do. But we can do what the Lord has called us to do, and that's to be obedient. Amen? Second Peter chapter 1 tonight is where I'm going to be in the reading of God's Word. You find your place, let's stand, and let's read tonight what thus saith the Word of God. The Bible says here in... Second Peter chapter 1, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that hold obtain like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things pertaining unto life, and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now, this is where I want you to pay attention, starting at verse 4. The Bible says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That's good stuff, ain't it? that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Praise God for that. And besides this, giving all diligence, adding to your faith virtue, and to the virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, the Bible says, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off. He hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and your elections sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fail. Brother Brian, would you ask the blessing on this message? God help us tonight. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Here we see tonight in this chapter a pastoral letter describing the gifts and the promises of the gospel. Peter writes this letter, it's a short letter, and it's shortly just before he's to die. 
And he's encouraging us to add to our faith daily by growing in the word of God and seeking his will for our lives. And as I begin to study this week and God took me here, I've been asking the Lord about certain things for the church and sometimes we need to go back to basics and remind ourselves about the basics of the scripture. For you all that like to take notes and are students of the Bible, you may want to take some notes tonight because I will not be able to cover all this tonight, but I want to give you a few things and we may recap it again another Sunday night. But when we look in verse uh, 4 there and he starts telling us about the precious promises, it starts breaking them down really in verse 5. And he said, and besides this, giving all diligence, adding to your faith, the Bible says virtue. You remember in one scripture where he talks about the woman that pressed through the crowd to reach out and touch the Lord? You know what stopped the Lord walking through that crowd? It was the virtue that went out of his body. It was the touch that he felt that healing come out of him into pure faith. And today, the, the brother preached this morning on staying focused on God, how we've got unfocused a lot of times. And we've got away from realizing about virtue that's in our lives as children of God. And I'm here tonight to remind you about the virtue. Do you all realize what virtue means? It's strength and power is what it is. Jesus felt the strength and the power go out of him, a little bit of it, when she reached out and touched the Lord. You and I are giving this virtue through the Holy Spirit of God. I'm glad when we're sick in our bodies, he touches us with his virtue, and it heals our bodies. We have strength and power through the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I hear from you tonight? We see the, the description of strength and the word of God in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, the Bible says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I'd rather join the problems that I've got that the will of God will have its perfect reign in my life than to have the peace and the joy of the sin that's in this world. You, you mean there's peace and joy in sin for a little season? You'll get some joy and you'll feel like everything's good and you'll have some peace in your life and it'll feel good, taste good and the devil say, boy, look at that. And you get your focus off of what God wants for your life and the virtue gets dried up in your life. You don't feel that power anymore. You don't feel that strength in your life anymore. You come to church and you're dried up. You can't even offer a, a sacrifice of praise. I want to tell you this evening, we need to offer up sacrifices to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I thought that was done away with in the Old Testament, in the Old Bible. It's still true today. We're not offering lambs and goats and, and turtle doves and all these different things. We're not offering blood sacrifice. We're offering a sacrifice of praise. Can I hear from you tonight? I'm telling you, if you raise your hand tonight, the blood ain't gonna get cut off, amen? 
<laughs> your arm ain't gonna go numb if you raise your hand. You may look at me and say, I ain't much like that. But I'll tell you what, for the strength and the power and the virtue of God, I'm willing to offer up a sacrifice. Even when it's uncomfortable, amen, I'm willing to offer up a sacrifice. Can I hear an amen? We need to know what the strength and the power of the gospel is. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, he says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Well, I want the Lord to do it right now. If he don't do it right now, I ain't gonna like it. I'm gonna get upset about it. Why ain't God working in my life? Because you're leaning on your own virtue and not his. Ain't you glad that God don't work in our time, but he works in his time? It's his strength and his power, not mine. It's all in him and not all in me. Or let's put that all in you. He said we could mount up with wings like eagles. We could run and not be weary. <laughs> we could walk and not faint. When I get cumbered about with the things of the world, it makes me weak. I can't hardly walk and I can't hardly think. But when I think about the Lord and the strength and the power that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, boy, I can raise my head up. I can take a deep breath in and know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't care what the devil throws at us. We can overcome it through the Lord, amen. I draw some strength this morning from this brother that stood behind this pulpit. I knowed his testimony before he started this morning. Think about a man that buried two of his children out of eight, and he could stand up here with his chin up, and he could have a smile on his face. He could have the virtue and the power of God to preach the gospel, and we sit here with our mouth drawn down like we got problems in our life. There's always somebody got it a little harder than you. But we'll sit around and go, woe with me how bad it is. And we wonder why we can't be blessed of God. I told my daughter just this week, you'll never be happy in life until you're happy for somebody else that's being more blessed than you are. Let me say that again. You'll never be happy in your life until you're happier for somebody that's being blessed more than you are. I love to see you blessed. It tickles me to death to see you blessed. If you get you a new dog and you're happy about that, I'm happy for you, amen. I ain't got to buy the dog food, you do. I'll say, praise God, I'm glad you got that dog. Uh, Brother Chris got them chickens, he loves those chickens. I don't got to buy the chicken feed. I can go over and look at his chickens and say, yep, yeah, them pretty chickens, now you feed them. Uh-huh. But those are his chickens and I'm happy that he loves those chickens. Amen. Or I could be like some of us. Can't believe that. I've been wanting them kind of chickens all my life. Chris has got them. And that's why we're not blessed. Because we're jealous of another brother or another sister. Might as well say, ouch, it's okay. I done had to get there first anyhow. I'm talking about having strength and power in your life. Isaiah 40, 29, he that giveth power to the faint is to them that hath no might. He increases their strength. When we're weak, 
He makes us strong. Amen. Every single, not one time, but every time. If we're following him and we're not going this way or that way. Our problem is, is we forget about the strength and the power that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ to overcome. We can overcome these things, church. In Ephesians 6.10, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We're able to overcome it. It may look bad right now. And you may say, I don't know how in the world I'm going to overcome this. But Lord, I need your strength. I need your power. I need your virtue, Lord, to help me through this problem because I don't see how it's going to work out. And the Lord's already seen the fix. He already knows what he's going to do. He's just waiting on you to be obedient. Amen. That's what he's wanting. He's wanting to give us that virtue where we can have confidence no matter what comes our way that he's going to make a way for us. So we need to have that virtue in our life. He goes right on down in that verse 6 and tells us that we, we need to have knowledge. In business school, they teach knowledge is power. Same thing in the scripture. The more knowledge you have of the word of God, the more you can overcome the devil and the more you can do for God. But you know what the devil wants you to do? Boy, that looks pretty sitting on a table. Look at my Bible sitting there on the table, how pretty that is. And, you know, we'll wipe it off, we'll put it out, and, and it's real pretty, ain't it, yeah. sitting there. Yeah. But we wasn't given this to look at like a whatnot. We were given it to open it up and read it and to apply it. I mentioned this morning in Sunday school, the Bible tells us to study to show yourself approved, not to me and not to anybody else, but unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Don't take my word for it. Find out what thus saith the word of God. He's telling us here, Peter's saying, listen guys, we need more knowledge of the word of God. You need to get in it and understand because knowledge, when you look up the definition, it's understanding or discernment. Do you know we're supposed to pray for discernment? We're to pray that God give us discernment of the scriptures that we may know what they say. I just can't understand the King James Bible. I need me one of these other ones. It tells you plainly, if you'll get down with God and begin to pray and seek God in his power and in his strength and say, God, I need knowledge. I need understanding of your word. All of a sudden, it'll open up. And all the these and the thous will make perfect sense to you. You know, when I got serious about studying God's word and becoming a student of this book, God has never held back anything from me. He's given me understanding and knowledge every time I've needed it. He's always given me something. Amen? And he will. Now, you're not going to understand everything you read. Let's just get that right off the bat right here. You're not going to. You can sit down and read that thing from cover to cover and you'll probably be as confused when you get to the end of it as you was in the beginning. Well, I thought you said to read the book. Well, what you need to do is go to the book master first and say, Lord, open up my understanding and help my knowledge that I would understand what you're about to show me 
show me what you want to read. And when you begin to study God's word, it, it just starts jumping off the page at you. You're like, wow, I never really saw that before. But you may read something, and hit, it's just like reading Greek. You're like, I never got a thing out of that. Let me show you some of my Bible study. When I do that, when it starts happening like that to me, I just close it up for a little bit, push it aside, go on and meditate, pray, ask God to help me so I can get my mind right. I'm probably too busy worrying about mowing the grass, going and seeing somebody, getting something done, and I've got that all on my mind. So it's like, Lord, won't you just go ahead and go get that done and come back and see me when you get that off of you? That's the way the Lord does me a lot of times. So I'll just get up and I'll go get, get that off of my mind, get it done. But while I'm doing that, I'm already feeling, man, I cheated myself because I was so consumed with my own ways that I couldn't spend the time with God that I needed. So you know what happens, Brother Earl? I get that little spanking, you know, like we got growing up. When we didn't do what Mama said. She tanned her hydro. I know y'all don't know what I'm talking about. She make you go out there and get a switch off a tree. Remember that? You better not try it out out yonder and see how it felt because if it ain't wasn't good enough, she used that one then make you went and get another one and use that one too. So the best thing we can do is get along with God and really seek after what he's about to show us. And you ain't got to get in there and read chapter after chapter after chapter, sometimes one verse will take you farther than you ever thought you would go. I mean, if you, if you just look, when I just read up there just a few minutes ago in Isaiah 40, 31, think about this one verse. Think about this. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. The Bible says they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. If you took that one verse and meditated upon that one verse and what it meant to you as a child of God, your whole world would turn upside down. There's so much in that, we could preach on that for a month and never cover it. Well, I don't really get that out of it. That's the reason I'm talking about getting along with God, letting the virtue flow and the strength and the power flow, and all of a sudden your knowledge opens up to what God is trying to say. In our understanding in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, he says this, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. I don't know if y'all caught this this morning, but you remember what that brother said this morning? About staying focused. He told us a story at lunchtime about going to, I think it was Thailand, I believe. He was trying to find a place over there where they needed to go, and they didn't have GPS. And he was praying about where to go. And they didn't take directions down, and he got over there, and he's trying to find the city where he's supposed to go and speak at, and he didn't even take the directions down, but he said, Lord, I'm just going to trust you that you'll lead me there. And guess what the Lord done? He said, for I know I was pulling in the parking lot. He said, because I was listening to the Lord lead me. 
How close has it been? How, many, how long has it been you walked that close to God that he would direct everything down to the point of you driving a vehicle and leading you that way? Boy, that got on me this morning. I thought I need to walk closer to God. When you can't figure something out and your world's upside down, when you could, you could just stop and say, Lord, what do you want me to do right now? And you could hear from God. And the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. And go and do it and watch God work. Our problem is we, is we get in those shapes and we're on our phone. We're researching what we should do. We're calling this and calling that and trying to figure it out. Uh, you exhaust every means that you got. Well, Lord, if you don't do something, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to give it to you. You know what the Lord does? Now I can do something for you. You've got everything out of the way now. I can work. I'm not the only one who does this. I'm telling you, we all do it, don't we? That's why we're not experiencing the virtue, the power of the Lord in understanding what he wants for our life. We're to pray for that discernment in Hebrews 5.14. He says, be strong. But here's what he says, but strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. You can't feed a baby steak. Go out here and put it on a grill, grill it up, and bring it in there and lay it down in front of a baby. They don't know what to do with that. They're too young for that. Their teeth's not developed enough to eat that hard meat. That's what this Bible's talking about spiritually. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who, by reason of use, have this sense to discern both good and evil. When you grow in the Lord and you've been saved a long time, you should be able to know the difference between right and wrong. Now, I have never known anybody that's truly born again say, I didn't know what I was doing when I done that. Because if you're truly born again, he, the Holy Spirit, moves in with his virtue and power and sets it up in your life that at the moment you go to lay your hands on something you shouldn't do, the Holy Spirit says, whoa, do not do that. Remember the little kids, they'd be running around, you say, ah! We were like the Holy Spirit for them, you know, <laughs> telling them what to do. If we'll listen, the Holy Spirit will do the same thing to you and I. Ah! Don't do that. We're like, I'm going to do it anyhow. <laughs> Boom, fall right on your face and you start whining. I don't know why I'm going through this. You wasn't paying attention. That's why you're in this mess. You're not discerning what the Holy Spirit's trying to show you. We that have been saved a long time, and I've only been saved 41 years, that's not that long. I should be able to know the difference between right and wrong and what to do. The scripture's just telling us this. He said, but in 1 Corinthians 2, 14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. They're foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. 
a lost man sitting here tonight would have no clue what I'm talking about because he lives by the flesh. He does what feels good, looks good, and sounds good to him. We walk by faith and not by sight. That's how we discern what's right and what's wrong. God has helped us here in this church to have a good leadership team, but even in our leadership and our wisdom that we think we have, we still have to seek after the will of God, discern what he wants, and then listen and ask what he wants, and he gives us the direction that we need. But I dare to say, I keep going back to this morning, boy, that was good. We need to walk by faith. And the only way that's going to happen is when we allow the true virtue to have its total power and leadership in our life. If we're going to take vicars to the next level, if we're going to see our children saved, our grandchildren saved, our companions saved, things turn around for us in our lives, financially, spiritually, and everything, we're going to have to put the Lord first. We're going to have to seek him first. We're going to have to pray about things and ask him first. Before we make decisions, we're going to say, Lord, what do you want? Is this what you want, Lord? Speak to us. Show us what we need to do. And guess what he'll do? He'll show us. He said, whatsoever you ask in my name, he'll do it. Well, I've asked the Lord this and I've asked the Lord that. He never answers my prayer and it's always falling apart. I never get what I want. It's because you're looking at it for what you get out of it. What can I get out of it? That's how we pray. Well, I just felt that pull from heaven. That's the way we pray. Lord, what can I get out of this situation? What can I do with this? We do it in every aspect of our Christian life. We do it in our walk with him. We do it in our studies. We do it in our tithing. We do it in our, in our attendance. We do it in our work in the, in the field. We always substitute his will for our purposes. What's this going to do for me? What can I get out of this? If I sing in the choir, will I be recognized? Will Brother Aaron let me sing a special? Will he pat me on the back? What will he do for me? That, is that not what happens? If I do this in the church, maybe they'll realize what I'm doing and somebody will recognize me and brag on me. We're thinking of this stuff because the devil is telling it to you. While you went down there and cleaned all them bathrooms, got everything real nice for that service today, and not one person thanked you for it. Every one of them deacons has got them cameras on their phones. They know who's at that church at all times. They know you is there, and not a one of them thanked you for that. Don't that sound just like the devil? You know what he's doing? He's trying to rob the virtue and the power out of your life. And the more we give in to that, the devil just sits back going, yeah, boy, it's working now. And he just keeps on churning and keeps on churning. Next thing you know, one's going this way, one's going that way. Some people that were here are not here no more. People are wondering where they went. Let me tell you what you need to do. You need to pray. And ask God to help those folks. 
help those that are not here no more. That God would lead them where they need to be to grow in God. Don't be trying to find out what's going on. Oh, I want to get that juicy news so I can tell somebody else. I can put it on Facebook. We need to pray and seek for the knowledge of God in our lives. We need to pray for discernment so God can have his perfect reign and will in our lives. I'm going to give you this last one. I'm going to be done. It's a big one. I'm trying to hold back the best I can. The Bible talks about there in that same verse that we're to have temperance in our life. Anybody know what temperance is? The Bible calls, if you look it up, self-control. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Because we do not have none of that. I'm telling you, the preacher's telling you we don't have that. Brother Braden's not here tonight, so I'm going to tell on him. <laughs> he got him a good lesson this morning that he's going to be able to use and want a message when he preaches from now on. He says, I was coming to church this morning. I'm late getting here. I want to get here, so we got to practice music. And before the missionaries show up, and I go to pull on Yuma, this guy pulls out in front of me. He's going real slow. And I go, eh, eh. <laughs> And he said, then my wife said, you better hope they ain't going to our church. <laughs> and guess who it was? The missionary. Oh, yeah. I said, boy, crow tastes good, don't it? As soon as he pulled in, the missionary got out and said, I'm sorry. <laughs> you better watch what you do. It'll catch up with you. Temperance is self-control. Lord, I need to work on that. He has to help me with that. In Galatians 5, 22 through 25, listen to what the Bible says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, and they that are in Christ have crucified the flesh with the afflictions and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen? But there's the devil constantly tempting you and I, drawing on our temperance, drawing us to lose our self-control. In Colossians 3, 5 and 6, I use this a lot with people when I talk about problems. It says, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, affectionate, evil, uh, I can't pronounce that next word, covenant, which is idolatry, which these things shall take, take from you in the wrath of God committed on the children of disobedience. It will bring the wrath of God down upon your Christian life. Mortify. Therefore, the members. So he wants us to be in control of what's going on in our life. Our problem is 
We want to let go. It's easier to let go and do it. But I promise you, the second you do it, it'll be something like happened to him this morning. It'll come right back at you as soon as it goes out. I know I've been there. And it's not a good thing. Sometimes when, when God really wants to get your attention, he'll let it happen right then, and it'll show up on you. A lady ran into me last night at Walmart, and she stopped me there, her and her husband, and we were talking. Guess where I stopped right in front of? The wine rack. She said, yeah, I looked over there, and you was walking by that wine rack. I said, yeah, look at that preacher over there. Looking at that wine rack. I said, I wasn't looking at no wine rack. She said, yeah, but everybody else thought maybe you was. I said, yeah, that's the devil for you. I said, but I had to stop right here in front of the wine rack to talk to you. So it's your fault. <laughs> she said, but them bottles are pretty on that wine rack. I said, ain't that just like the devil? Look. How pretty. He loves to paint beautiful pictures. And they look so good, but the problem is he never shows you the septic tank that's on the other side of it. And he's trying to lure and draw me and you into that. But we have got to mortify the members of our body. Be careful what the preacher said this morning. Be careful, little eyes. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, it ain't nobody looking. Right here is where you're going to have to mortify. I feel sorry for these young boys and young girls that have all this technology now that every evil deed that they could even fathom in their mind can be brought up on this right here. And I've been sitting and studying scriptures on my phone and ads pop up that will take your breath away. And I'm trying to hide these ads and I know if that's happening to me, can you imagine what's happening to these young people that don't have this temperance in their life, don't have this virtue churning in their life the power and the strength to overcome? Can you remember being 15, 16, 17 years old, what it was like? That was some of the hardest times of my life. That's when the devil was raging the hardest in my life, seemed like. And he was drawing me on every point. Can you imagine your son having this technology right now? That's the reason that until my daughter become a young adult, I was in everything she was in. Not that I didn't trust her. I just know the devil. She wasn't strong enough to overcome it. So we spent our days trying to teach her and show her and help her and lead her and guide her. And now she's an adult. And mom and daddy has to step back now and let her, let her go. Because she's got to stand on her own. Remember, you had to stand on your own. The Bible wants us to take this scripture, pray for this discernment of it, add to it knowledge and temperance in our life. 
about the time you guys let down, that's when the devil will run you over like a bulldozer. Mortify, therefore, the members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate, affectionate, evil, and the covetousness, which is idolatry, which things shake the wrath of God, and it cometh upon the children of disobedience. Does God chasten those that he loves? Will he not, let me put it in layman terms, will he not take a switch out and wear you out? I guarantee you, if you're doing stuff you're not supposed to do, he the Holy Spirit saw it when you done it, and he can wear you out for it. You ain't got, you ain't got to be old, you ain't got to be young, we all are tempted. We're all tempted now, I'm telling you. I don't care how old or how long you've been saved. If you say you're not above temptation, you've lied to yourself. The devil is a liar and the father of it. And I beg you with everything in me to get here in 2 Peter chapter 1 and study and study and study and ask God to open up your knowledge and understanding of what he's trying to tell us. This is the perfect example for a child of God to live by. If we'll go by these seven principles, these seven promises of God of how to walk a holy life with him, we'll be blessed in our life. As I begin to put these down and to study and prepare for this tonight, I knew there'd be no way that I could go through all of them. But I wanted to get to at least these three and tell you, the devil has always got us in the crosshairs. He's looking which one he's going to hit next. And about time you let up just a little bit, that's when he fires that dart. Out of nowhere where you least expect it, there's where it comes. So we got to be smarter than the devil. On Wednesday nights, we're trying to bring our children here and have youth with them. They're trying to teach them the word of God. They're trying to show them how to have temperance in their life. They're trying to show them by godly examples there's a better way to live. We're trying to mold their young lives and get them ready for the world. We've got a whole group of young people right now getting ready to step into adulthood. I'm talking about young adults stepping into adulthood. Five years ago, they were little bitty things. And all of a sudden, boom, they grew up overnight. Now we're working ourselves to death trying to give them everything we get, can give them before they go out into the world. I know I look at my daughter and I say, how could you be 20 years old? I was carrying you down a hallway a few days ago and showing you to everybody. And now she's a grown woman. That's how fast life goes by. So my simple message to you all tonight is that we need to be growing in God. That's what this is about tonight, growing in God. And we're going to revisit this again, and we're going to take it a little farther. But ask yourself that question tonight. Are you growing in God? Are you stale in what is going on in your life? Church, we need to go to the next level. And if we're going to go to the next level, we'll get our nose in this book 
We'll find out what this book says, and we'll live by what it says.